Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Throughout sacred scripture, water is used as a powerful symbol of life, God's renewal of the earth. Now, one of the things that water also symbolizes is danger and chaos. The beginning of the book of Genesis, the earth was a formless waste and the Holy Spirit hovered over the surface of the waters, it says. The waters symbolize this primal chaos that is opposed to God's purposes. But there is God's Spirit hovering powerfully over these waters. Later on in the book of Genesis, we find out that sin became so prevalent on earth that God sent a great rain which caused a flood that covered the whole world. Only Noah and his family in the great ark managed to escape. The same symbol of chaos, of water, of sin and disorder. And yet, through God's grace, Noah and his family are able to survive. When the Israelites are escaping from Egypt, they come to the Red Sea. They're confronted by this power that blocks their escape, blocks their access to freedom. What happens? Moses prays. He strikes the water with his staff, and the Red Sea opens up, and there is a path for them present to walk on, and the Israelites make their way through. Once again, God's power is greater than the powers of this world. When the Israelites enter into the promised land, now under the leadership of Joshua, they must cross the Jordan River. Joshua prays, and a path opens up, and the whole nation of Israel proceeds through and enters the promised land. The same symbol of God's lordship of the powers of this world. Now, ancient peoples in general were afraid of water, despite the fact that water was the principal means of major transportation across a great distance. Ships, when they sailed, often hugged the shoreline because they were so afraid of going out into the deep. It was understandable due to the fact that ships were pretty unreliable means of transportation. So we see how it gets deep into the psyche of the people in the ancient world. Water was dangerous. Now, fast forward into the New Testament. That same symbol can be found in all four of the Gospels. We hear Jesus mastering the waters. Jesus exerting his power and authority over the storms. And see, that's where we're led to today, in today's Gospel, from Matthew's Gospel. Notice how it begins. After Jesus fed the people... He made the disciples get into a boat and precede him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After doing so, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat, already a few miles offshore, was being tossed about by waves, for the wind was against it. Now, we are familiar with this symbolism, the apostles in the boat, led by Peter. 
Well, it's the bark of our church. Like Noah's Ark, it's the place of safety that's making its way through the stormy waters of sin and death. The waves are kicking up and all the things that challenge us in life. Well, the disciples are now terrified, as we too are often terrified in the challenges that we have. But when we hear it, we are meant to hear an invocation of all the Old Testament stories that I just described. Now, notice that detail. It says, during the fourth watch of the night. Now, that's the darkest time of the night, the middle of the night. Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. And the Spirit of God hovered over the surface of the waters. And Moses strikes the water, and a path opens up. So here, too, with Jesus. Jesus, fully human and fully divine, he manifests his divine power, his lordship over the water, over sin and death and the chaos and the challenges in our life. Next in the story, it says, The disciples saw him walking on the water, and they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. At once Jesus spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Now that phrase, it is I, said by Jesus. Remember when Moses asked God, What is your name? God said, I am who I am. Well, Jesus is now reinforcing us or referencing that scene that God had with Moses. I am. Don't be afraid. The power what makes the whole world is present now. Now Jesus is able to master the waters, master the powers of this world. It said, Peter said to him in reply, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, come. Now, what are we given in our faith? We are given a participation in the divine life of God. At the heart of the Christian faith is a participation in the divine life that God wants to give us. God has lordship over the waters, over the chaos and the challenges of our life. So can you, if you have faith in him. If we look to him, If we can make him the center of our lives, if we keep our hearts, our minds, our will, and our intellect fixated on Jesus, we participate in him. We, too, can have lordship over the waters, the chaos, and the challenges in our life. Now, it continues on. It says, Peter got out of the boat and began to walk on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw how strong the wind was, he became frightened and began to sink, and he cried out, Lord, save me. Well, with faith, we have access to divine life that God wants to give us. But when we look away from Christ and focus on all those things that frighten us in our life, then guess what? We begin to sink, just like Peter. They get the best of us. Now look at the saints. The saints have their eyes, always, their life fixated on Jesus Christ. Throughout their life, through all the ups and downs, their faith is always fixated on Jesus Christ. And see, that's the power of the saints. Remember last week, St. Paul said what? Through Jesus Christ, we conquer all powers of the world. And if you want real power, don't look for it in any part of the world. But look to Christ, 
will give you the power to walk over and persevere over the challenges of life. Now, next in the story, it says, Jesus, he extended or stretched out his hand and caught Peter and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? Now, focus on that statement, you of little faith. Faith gives us access to God's life. You see this in the martyrs, those who are threatened most by the storms of this world, those who are threatened most by the powers of this world. The martyrs are always in danger of being overwhelmed, aren't they? The martyrs kept their hearts fixed on Jesus Christ and therefore were able to walk on those waters of chaos. They were able to walk on the challenges that met them. And in doing so, they laid witness to the presence of God in their life and in this world. Did you know that the last century, the 20th century, had the greatest number of martyrs in any century in our church, even more than the first century? The 20th century was when the church was most overwhelmed by the waves and the storms of this world. And guess what? The martyrs emerged. I can give you some examples. Look at Maximilian Kolb, who exchanged his life for the life of another prisoner in a concentration camp in Auschwitz during World War II. Or look at Edith Stein, also during World War II, who was martyred as a witness to Christ in her life. Or look at this story of the group of martyrs from a relatively recent time, the Trappists of Tiberlin. Now, the Trappists were monks who lived in the monastery in the mountains of Algeria. It was a monastery that was founded in 1934 by the French Trappists. They were there for many decades. During the 1960s, the Algerian independence movement arose, and the Algerians threw off the French political yoke and established their own government. Then after, radical Islamic groups began to assert themselves. They came to threaten this monastery over the years, and they would harass the monks. Things intensified in the late 1980s and early 1990s. Some armed bands arrived at the monastery and threatened the monks directly. The abbot, maintaining his calm, would say, We are a place of peace. There are no need for weapons or violence. They would demand the monks to take care of their wounded, and the monks agreed. In the mid-1990s, things became extremely dangerous. The monks were threatened much more directly. Now, many people urged the monks to leave for their own safety, but they said, no, we must be witnesses to peace now more than ever. When it became very clear that their lives were in danger, they gathered for a vote to stay or go and they voted unanimously to stay. On the night of March 27, 1996, one of these bands of militants came, and they kidnapped the monks. They dragged them away to the hills. Now, for many days, the village people did not know what happened to them. Several weeks later, their headless bodies were found. They had all been decapitated. The abbot's journal was found shortly after, and the abbot explained why they stayed. They stayed, he said, in witness to Christ, the Prince of Peace. They would not flee during this time of persecution. 
The abbot even anticipated the day of his death, and he addressed the man who would kill him in advance. And he called him his brother and prayed that he would meet him one day in heaven. And see, that's what it means to keep your heart fixated on Jesus Christ. Even when the waves threaten us, threaten to overwhelm us. See, when we do that, when we are fixated on Jesus Christ, we, like Christ, can walk on the waters. We can walk on the challenges of our life and always persevere. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.